right, amen, amen. Have faith in God. You know, the Christian life is a life of faith, amen. And uh, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We live by faith. Now, there's going to come a time in our existence that we'll, we will no longer need faith anymore because we'll be living by sight, you see. Uh, I have to believe what God says, amen. And I do believe what God says. Uh, I don't have to see it to believe it, but I'm just telling you there's going to come a time in our life when we get over yonder in glory that we will see it, amen. And uh, I look forward to that, amen. Praise the Lord. I hope you're saved uh, this morning. If not, uh, certainly you need to trust Christ as your Savior. Got a couple different places I want to turn to, and I'm going to have you turn to the book of Job chapter 19 first, Job chapter 19, and then Job chapter 14. So Job 19, save that place, and uh, Job 14, we're going to start in Job 14 and uh, read out of Job 19 as well. Uh, but to make it easier for you, turn to Job 19 first, then to turn to Job 14. And uh, when you find all that, go ahead and stand with me, if you will, in reverence to the Word of God. We began a, a series last week on the subject of death, and we talked about what death is. And um, uh, it, was, it may sound like a, a kind of a drearsome uh, message, but it was actually a very positive message. And, you know, for the Christian, death means a lot, lot different than for those that aren't saved. Amen? And we talked about physical death, and as if the Lord tarries will allow me to, we're going to be on this subject for quite some time uh, as we talk mostly about the death of the believer. But uh, we get our title from our text this morning. Notice the title of the message, If a man dies, shall he live again? Certainly that is a good question. Amen? I don't think there's a more important question that could ever be asked than that. You know, and of course, we're talking about eternal life. And uh, so notice what it says there in Job 14, 14. Most of us know the story of Job. Not going to take time to break all that down. But again, we see that question, If a man dies, shall he live again? And Job says, All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. And uh, certainly we know what Job was going through at that moment. Uh, he seems to indicate uh, that he's waiting for things to get better. And certainly uh, we know that if you're saved, that will happen, right? Things will get better. We know that. Uh, now notice uh, Job chapter 19, because I believe uh, we have a clear answer to this. I believe he answers it in Job 14, 14 as well. But we see a clear answer to this question, if a man shall die, uh, if a man dies, shall he live again? We notice in verse 25 of Job 19, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Certainly we're looking forward to that time when Christ will rule and reign on this very earth. Amen. Now notice what uh, Job says. We find here that he realizes that there is the death of the body, um, and certainly the condition of his body at that time certainly plays into factor here as well. But uh, it says in verse 26, And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Verse 27, Whom I shall see for myself. Amen. And mine eyes shall behold. Amen. And not another though my reins be consumed within me. Job is saying, although I'm going through a very difficult time right now, although my body, at that moment, he no doubt wished that it would just die, but he knew that no matter what he was going through, there was going to come a time, listen, that he would stand before God, amen, as a saved individual. 
Uh, and uh, so we have the answer to the question, if a man dies, shall he live again? The answer to that question is yes. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the blessings of life. We thank you for this tremendous truth, Lord. And as I mentioned last week in our message, Father, help us to understand that although we may be going through a terrible time in our life right now, that our Redeemer lives. And Lord, there's coming a time, dear God, when we will, we will uh, go by the way of the grave, uh, most likely. Uh, but someday, Lord, we're going to get a new body. Father, we're going to have a new existence, if you will. So, Father, help us to remember that. And, Father, no matter what we may be going through, help us to live that way, knowing, uh, Father, that uh, we shall live again. Father, we'll thank you for it, love you for it, speak to hearts. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. As we see there, Scripture, not only in the book of Job, but elsewhere, gives us the answer to our question, if a man die, shall he live again? Um, even though we have this, there, there are a lot of people, though, who, who still struggle with this. I've even talked to believers sometimes. There's just a, a hint, uh, you know, professing the, those that profess to be saved. But you can tell there's just a little hint of doubt there. Um, and certainly this usually comes up uh, as those that they love die or sometimes we're reminded, as we learned last week, or as their own day of death approaches. You know, maybe there's a circumstance where they realize that, that their own day of death is getting near. Uh, and certainly, it's probably something that everybody has pondered, you know, what will become of me after I die? Uh, are those that I love who have died, do they, do they simply cease to be? Uh, Will, will there come a time in my existence that I will just simply cease to be as if I never existed in the first place? And we talked about those questions in detail last week. But, uh, uh, you know, if, if, and if, uh, if, if they do or, or we don't cease to be, then, then what will happen to me? What is happening to those that, that have died before me? What's, what's going on? Uh, in their existence. So it's a, it's a question uh, that certainly uh, comes across our minds and throughout mankind, and no doubt about that. Uh, now, the answers to those questions, uh, they vary a great deal, and, and many of them, most of them, I would say, are not biblical, uh, and, but there are so many they differ so much so that they all cannot be true. You know, the words, you know, obviously they all can't be right because they differ so much. And so that ought to give us cause of concern. Uh, most of the answers that we find out today come from what I would just call, categorize as a humanistic view, uh, a scientific view of death even. Uh, yet we will see what the Bible says. And, and uh, as we learned last week, there certainly is a physical death that most likely everyone in this room will face. Uh, that is, if the Lord doesn't come back first, which he could, uh, but we learned last week that because man fell in the garden, certainly there is physical death. There is also spiritual death. In Genesis 3:19, God would tell Adam after <clears throat> man had sinned, "In the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread." And he says, "Thou wilt return unto the ground, for out of it thou wast taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt, or dust shalt thou return." God said, Adam, you're, you're, you're going to die. You're going to die physically, just as I promised. 
Uh, and so as we spent a great deal of time last week, we know that the body does die. And, uh, but the most uh, important question is not about our flesh dying. Uh, it is after our body separates from our soul. That is a physical death. What we need to be interested in is where does our soul go? Amen. Remember, we identified the soul as you without skin. Amen. It's your will, your mind, your emotions. It is who you truly are today. Amen. Uh, listen, your body, that skin that people see, that is not you. It is a vessel. It's a tabernacle, if you will. The real you is, is your soul, or, or sometimes these are used closely together, your spirit, if you will. Uh, but but uh, certainly we know that the body dies. That is separation from the soul. Uh, and and uh, the, the body, uh, but does the soul, does it die as well? In other words, we get back to this, this thing where people say, well, when you die, your soul dies. In other words, you just cease to be. Uh, in other words, there will come a time, if people believe that, we'd all have to agree that there would come a time in the future if my soul died uh, that my past existence would absolutely mean nothing. And that's kind of a sad thing to think about, isn't it? Okay, as we think about how God created us. So we're back to this question. Again, if a man dies, shall he uh, live again? And so we're going to talk about some things. And for time's sake, I, I have the scriptures written down, so you can just listen very carefully. But uh, just a couple of people that I want to talk about. We're going to look at what Jesus says about it. But first of all, we're going to look at what Solomon says about it. And I encourage you to read, and not right now, I'm preaching to you, but maybe today, uh, throughout the week, to read the book of Ecclesiastes. I, I believe that Solomon's conclusion to the whole matter of physical life uh, is certainly uh, brought to you know, how man sees things uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, we need to be careful with this book. We, we should handle all Scripture you know, uh, correctly. But at first glance, and there's a lot of people... Uh, that will use the book of Ecclesiastes to try to prove that we just cease to be, and, and that's not the purpose of the book at all. Uh, so that would be, but at a first glance, or I might even say a careless reading of those scriptures might give somebody the impression that that physical death is the end all uh, of our existence. Um, and again, I can understand if we just took some verses out of there. Uh, I have one example, you just listen carefully. Uh, but he tells us in Ecclesiastes 9, he says, All things come alike to all. In other words, he's, and he goes on to explain whether good or bad. He says, There's one event to the righteous and to the wicked, uh, to the good and to the clean, to the unclean, and to him that sacrificeth, and, and him that sacrificeth not. In other words, none of those things matter. As the good, so is the sinner, and he that sweareth as he that feareth an oath. Uh, this evil among all things that are done under the sun that there is one event unto all. Yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil and madness is in their heart while they live uh, and, and after that they go to the dead. In other words, he's saying no matter how good you might live, no matter how bad you live, if we just stop with that verse, you just die. Okay? Now, that's a pretty, that'd be a pretty sad ending, right? You know, <laughs> we certainly wouldn't want to just end there. Uh, but a lot of people live that way. You know, hey, it doesn't matter. Uh, just eat, drink, be merry. If you feel like doing it, doing it. Because, hey, tomorrow you die, and after that it won't matter. 
but certainly the Bible teaches us different. And there are other verses throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, again, if you were careless with the word, that have a, a familiar ring to them. They, they may indicate, again, to the natural man that, that uh, uh, whether we're good or bad, we just simply die. But again, we need to consider all the word of God, but even all the word, all the chapters in the book of Ecclesiastes, because the time you get to the end of it, Solomon gives us a conclusion to the whole matter of this. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Here's what he says. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And so obviously he's not talking about coming to a point where he exists. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or, uh, or, or whether it be evil. So if a, a soul ceased to be, then these verses and many more throughout the Bible, they wouldn't absolutely make any sense, would they? I mean, you know, why should we fear God if once we're dead, it's as if we never existed? There'd be absolutely no reason to fear God. By the way, that's why society wants us to think that we're accidents, that we're animals. <laughs> because uh, uh, there, there is no, uh, uh, you know, accountability in those types of things. And so the book of Ecclesiastes is simply uh, man's view, his, his skewed view of life, and certainly it's exposed in the way that he thinks, and, of course, you'll find throughout that, that uh, book, Vanity, Vanity, that's the life of an unsaved man who has not God as his Savior. I mean, it is senseless to live uh, in that state. Uh, that's the sad state, unfortunately, of a lot of people in Solomon's day. It's the sad state of a lot of souls today that as far as they can see, that is the natural man, there is nothing after death. Uh, uh, apart from the Word of God, apart from what God teaches us, man simply sees physical death as the end all of our existence. And that's a, that's a lie straight out of hell, amen? I mean, hey, listen, the devil doesn't care if you live good or bad. Just as long as you believe that, he's got you, amen? He, he, he doesn't care whether you follow him but per se or not. He just don't want you to belong to God. And there's a lot of people out there that live their life that way. But Solomon certainly knew that the soul lives on. He would even say, again, out of Ecclesiastes 12, verse 7, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit that would be talking about our soul shall return unto God who gave it. Amen. So Solomon didn't believe in the, the cessation of, of the human soul. He believed that the soul went on. God created man, as we looked at last week, and man fell. Uh, as God said that it would happen, man's body dies. Uh, it was, you know, if that was the end of, of man's existence, then, then we'd have to say, well, God messed up. He made a mistake in creating man. But certainly he did not. That's impossible, by the way. Uh, for God has made a way for man uh, who has failed in this life to have a future life. In other words, we will, listen, if you're saved, you will breathe the air of heaven someday. Amen. And we thank the Lord for that. And it's a perfect place of peace and joy. And I don't know about you, but heaven is sounding sweeter all the time. Amen? So we see what Solomon says about it. But let's see what Jesus says about life after death. Again, if there was no life after physical death, then Jesus would have been a liar. He would have been a farce. Uh, but we know that's not true. Jesus is God, and God cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. But besides, Jesus would say in John chapter 10, verse 27 through 28, My sheep, those that belong to me, hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. 
neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So we know that certainly eternal life uh, is forever, but that word life says a great deal, amen? Uh, listen, it's important. Uh, and our Lord taught a great deal about physical death. I, I mentioned last week how we kind of keep death at arm's length and it's changed the way we bury our dead and have funerals and all of that. I, I'm not for all that today. But again, we need to, do, we need to, to look at the Bible and, and Jesus himself, he taught a great deal about physical death. He taught a great deal about spiritual death, but he taught a great deal about physical death. A lot of the things that he did and the miracles that he performed were, were around uh, the death of human beings. We think of uh, his parable, if you will, the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, the Bible says they both died. Uh, I believe that was really a true story, but, but, but Jesus would, would condemn the Pharisees. How would he condemn them? He would compare them to dead men's bones and graves. Jesus talked about physical death a lot, uh, whether he spoke of it directly or indirectly. Uh, he would say, let the, be the, the dead bury the dead. Uh, three times Christ raised people from the dead. So physical death is, is uh, seen a great deal in Jesus' ministry. He was always looking at it. He was always talking about it. He was always using it uh, to get a hold of people's hearts. And Christ never taught that a soul would ever cease to be. He never taught that. He never preached that. And certainly we don't find it anywhere in the scriptures. Christ, when talking about physical death uh, to his disciples, he would say, we think of Lazarus and others, he would say, they sleepeth. Uh, he would say, you know, the maid is not dead, she sleepeth. Uh, he would say, what make you this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead. Even when Lazarus, we know he was truly dead, but, but Jesus would say, our friend Lazarus sleepeth. What, what, was he, what was he talking about there? It was not that they were not physically dead because they were dead, but Jesus saying, though they were physically dead, doesn't mean that they don't exist anymore. Amen? And we see a wonderful picture of the resurrection in each one of those stories. I'm just trying to get you to understand that Jesus teaches us about physical death, but he also teaches us that the soul will never become extinct, that the soul will always carry on forever somewhere. Now, the most important question we have to ask then is where will my soul carry on forever? And I've already mentioned this, but I'm going to mention it again. One of two places. Only one of two places. There is no in-between. There is no so-called purgatory. Listen, when you die, you're either in the presence of God or you're out of the presence of God. I'm talking about when you die, there's heaven or there's hell. No in-betweens. Amen. Listen, we get saved on this side of eternity, not the other side. Amen. Hey, listen, that's what, that's what Jesus teaches. That's what the Bible teaches. And these other man-made beliefs, you will not find those in the Scriptures. And so we need to be careful with those types of things. For today, understand that the soul will carry on somewhere forever. And Jesus said, even of his own life, that he would die. In his physical life, he did. But he would say, I go to the Father. So again, a, a, uh, a picture of our own resurrection as well. Jesus would tell his disciples, and I believe he's telling anybody who would listen to him today, uh, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, if not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Woo! Amen! Hey, listen, if we just cease to be, that would be a lie. 
Jesus would, would have been a farce. He said, look, at this time, he's telling them, I'm going to die, but I'm coming back. You're going to die, but we're all going to be together. Hey, listen, let not your heart be troubled this morning. Woo, hallelujah. Maybe you've lost a loved one, but I'm telling you, if they're saved, you will see them again. Let not your heart be troubled. Hallelujah. I tell you what. You see, this world can't do nothing to you. You hear me? Hey, this, listen, this world can't take that from you. Amen. Hey, listen, you belong to him. No one could pluck you out of his hand. Amen. You, hey, you can't be separated from God any more than Christ and God can be separated. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ himself taught, and he certainly preached that there was, there was life after that, that physical death. And, and there is absolutely no doubt about that. So we think about Solomon teaches. We think about what Christ teaches. What, what do we take away from this? Here's my third point. We should live our physical life in view of eternal life. You see, that's why we as Christians get down so much. We, we, we still see things from the physical view. We, we don't realize that, <laughs> you know, why am I allowing something that is temporal to control me? I mean, that's what we do. Amen. I, Faith is the victory. Amen? Not my circumstances, not what my flesh is telling me, but what God says. Amen? Praise the Lord. That's the, that's the cure-all of whatever you're facing today. Amen? God's true and everyone else is a liar, right? So we should live our physical life in view of eternal life. And again, we're not turning to these uh, passages for, for time's sake, but in Hebrews chapter 11, we find the, the great hall of faith, if you will, a catalog of, of uh, faithful men and women. And we begin with Abel, and all the way down through the ages, God speaks of uh, Old Testament ages, God speaks of men and women of such faith that their physical life was lived in light of the promise of spiritual life. And what's amazing is this, you know, for us, this is a little easier for us. You say, what do you mean? Well, we have a complete canon of Scripture. We live on this side of the cross. But there was a group of believers that lived on the other. So we look back at the cross. They were looking toward the cross. They didn't have what we have today, but they still lived their physical life in light of a future promise. Now, we need to live our physical life in light of that promise that's already been fulfilled, you see. But it's the same thing. It's faith. And we have that wonderful catalog of believers that prove that even under their own deaths. And uh, it tells us uh, there toward the end of the chapter uh, of these heroes of the faith that the world was not worthy of them. In other words, these, these saints lived thus so for the Lord so powerfully that God himself says mankind didn't deserve them even living among them. Amen. That's what that's saying. Uh, and again, uh, what, what's the key to all that? Because they live their physical life in view of eternal life. And I want to tell you something. Uh, nobody has a monopoly on the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Listen, if you're saved, you have as much God in you as anybody does. Amen. God is God. Hey, the Holy Spirit of God is a person, not a, not a force. Amen. Hey, listen, you either have him or you don't. What I'm trying to get you to understand, you too can live that life. You too, I don't care what you've been through. You can live in light of eternal life. Amen. You can live your physical life in light of what, ways, what lies ahead. Amen. Now, you have to choose to do that. Okay, and I hope that you do. Amen. And certainly we understand growth and those types of things. But I'm just telling you, it's possible. It's possible. The mature believer must know 
uh, you know, here, here's our problem. Here, here, here's the Christian problem today. We don't want to live like pilgrims. We don't. We, hey, listen, we're, do you realize that you're just passing through? Amen. What do we want to do? We want to put our roots down in this old forsaken world. And if I don't have those roots, and I don't have the security, and I don't have this, and I don't have that, I don't have this relationship, I don't have that retirement plan, I don't have this, I don't have that, we go into a frizzy, we go into a depression. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Hey, listen, God says, hey, listen, you're just passing through. Amen. I'll take care of you. God says, I'll give you every, not everything you want. See, that's our problem. We, 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 we think we need that, but at the end of the day, it's really just what we want. But God will give you everything you need during your pilgrimage here. Amen. Now, the problem is we're not satisfied with that. We're no better than the children of Israel. We murmur and we complain. Amen. Hey, listen, I, I just want you to understand. We should live our physical life in view of the eternal life. And where was I going? I got sidetracked. Oh, we must know that we're pilgrims and strangers. You know, I was reading, you know, Jacob was 130 years old. Made it to 130. And he's talking to Pharaoh of his old age. And even uh, his uh, forefathers that were before him, how they even lived longer. I'll just read what it says. Genesis 47, 9. Jacob said unto Pharaoh, Pharaoh, the days of the years of my, listen, pilgrimage. Pilgrimage. He would go on to say 130 years. He'd go on to say that even though he lived to be 130, he had not attained in the days of the years of the life of my fathers. Abraham lived to be close to 200 years old, I think. Maybe a little older, I can't remember. But he also referred to his forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and even before them, he also referred to their life as a pilgrimage. <laughs> Amen. Jews are called Jews because they were tent dwellers. Hey, listen, we should be tent dwellers. Amen. Amen. And this world is not our home. This world will never bring you the happiness that you want it to bring you. And the sooner you realize, the better. Amen. Now, God will bless us despite, but it's not the world, it's God. So, I mean, we think about today, the patriarchs certainly lived a very long life, but they said, even though they lived twice as long as many of us do today, they still said at the end of their life that it was a pilgrimage. It was just a, a temporary journey. Imagine that for just a second. Folks, our physical life is us just simply passing through right now. You see, our real living hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> Amen. And aren't you glad that it gets better? Amen. Aren't you glad? I, I am. Praise the Lord. Hey, I'm thankful for the blessings. God, man, you know, I don't ever want you to think that God isn't blessing me on this side and that I just take for granted. Uh, hey, listen, God has blessed me beyond anything I could ever imagine on this side of eternity. And he certainly has. But I know better days are waiting. Amen. Because I know not every day is a good day, is it? Is it? Is every day during your pilgrimage, is it every day a good day for you today? Not every day works out right, does it? Not every day do we get good news. Some days we get bad news, don't we? Not every day is, has peace and prosperity in it. Sometimes there's worry, there's toil, there's snare, just like God said would happen. So we, we, we know that this, during our pilgrimage, there's great things, there's mountaintops, but there's a lot of valleys, and we all know that today. 
But I'm just trying to get you to understand that's our pilgrimage. That's, that's this temporary existence that James refers to as a vapor that we just simply get through, amen, until we really start living, until we really get to our home. This place is not my home. I'm just passing through. And if you're living your life any other way, you will be an unhappy individual indeed. Amen. I believe that. Hey, listen, this will really help you. This will really help you. Our physical life is simply passing through right now. The real living is future. You know, we should not be looking for an earthly heritage. I mentioned Christ saying, let the dead bury the dead. I mean, hey, listen, we ought to live this very, very temporal, physical life longing for our true home. Again, that is if you're saved. The great men and women of the Bible and even throughout history lived that way. They lived as pilgrims and strangers. Amen. As a matter of fact, the more we grow in the Lord, the more out of place you ought to feel in this world. Amen. I, I say that in a positive way. And the things of this earth will go strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. See, that's lived down here as the things of God get bigger and bigger and bigger in our life, and I hope they are, automatically the things of this world will get smaller and smaller and smaller and less significant and less significant and less significant. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? That's what happens. We, we can experience that in our pilgrimage, but one day we will be saved even from the very presence of all of that. Amen. And I look forward to that. So this, this is a, a earthly heritage that I think some people are just so deep into that it is dictating their happiness and their joy. And that's, that's not the way that a, a Christian ought to live. We ought to live like those that I mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, looking for that city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. I often say, and I don't, I don't like to live in cities, but uh, I'm not going to mind living in that city. Amen. I tell you what, that's, that's going to be an awesome, awesome time in our existence if you're saved. So I'm almost done. And I just want to try to encourage you today. And I, hey, listen, the Bible never teaches on this side of eternity that every day is, is a great day. God sometimes puts us through valleys and storms for a purpose to refine us and so forth. But, but if you're here today in your normal course of life, is that you are unhappy, struggling Christian. It very well could be. I, I don't know your heart, but it could be that you're not living as a tent dweller, but as a permanent dweller. Amen. You're thinking about what this world ought to be giving you instead of what God has already given you. Amen. You see, when everything has to be going exactly right in our life before we could be happy, you're not living like a tent dweller. You're not seeing this as a pilgrimage. You're seeing this as this is it. This is my life. I hear people say that for time. This is my life. I want to say, if you're saved, no, it's not. No, it's not. There's a better life ahead, amen. I, I just want to, listen, don't set up house in the land of the dead. You know, we got it backwards. Um, in other words, we, we look at dying as, you know, well, they're, you know, I'm still sometimes, and I've probably said it too, you know, well, uh, praise the Lord, I'm still in the land of the living, I'm still upright, and I want to, really not, we're not, we're in the land of the dead. 
You say, what makes you say that? Well, just drive in any direction four or five miles and you'll see a graveyard. Right? You'll find a funeral home. Hey, listen, we're living in the land of the dead right now. There are people who are dead in their trespasses and sins. Hey, listen, after you die, you don't go to the land of the dead. You go to the land of the living, amen, eternal life. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'll shout if you won't. But I just want you to understand, start living this physical life in light of the spiritual life. Again, certainly with that abiding faith in God. So we come back to the question, if a man dies, shall he live again? Yes, he will. Whether saved or lost. But of course, what one does with Jesus Christ will determine where the soul will spend eternity. And I believe, I believe in every soul allowed to exist. In other words, every soul that is allowed by God to come into being, and there's scripture to back this up, but there is a longing, a yearning deep within. Whether saved or lost, there is a longing, a yearning deep within that will only be satisfied in that place beyond this physical life. I believe everybody has that. They may not realize that's the problem, but that is the problem. It, there's a hunger, there's a stirring. What I'm saying, uh, there is within each of us today, saved or lost, an incompleteness that nags on us. And we think, boy, if I get this, you know, to this point, if I get this person, if I get this thing, if I get this accomplishment, I'll be happy only to find out when I do get it, I'm still not satisfied. Vanity, vanity, saith the preacher. You know, I, I, I understand, you know, that, and I never want you to think that I believe God's people ought to be underachievers. That's not what I'm talking about. But we're pilgrims were passing through and we need to live that way Paul would explain to the very carnal church in Corinth about why uh, the believer did not need to fear death and but he said even though we do groan and he, he would explain that that's why we groan in our spirit we're we're being burdened for our home not made by hands eternal <laughs> He would say in 2 Corinthians 5, 5, Now he that hath wrought us for the self same thing is God, amen, who, has also, uh, who, hath, who also hath given, us, uh, uh, given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. And there's a lot of things to be said about the earnest of the Spirit. Certainly we tie that into eternal life. But I want to make this final point. I, I believe this, that part of that earnest of the Spirit is behind the desire that we cannot be, be satisfied here. In other words, when you're not finding what you're looking for in this world, I believe that's God the Holy Spirit working as a positive in your life. See, God doesn't want you to get comfortable here. Uh, when, hey, listen, when, when you grow in the Lord and you begin to get uncomfortable with things in this world, I want to say amen. <laughs> amen. Praise the Lord. That's the earnest of the Spirit. Amen. Hey, listen, when you realize, hey, there isn't anything in this world that's going to bring me what I want, I say, amen. <laughs> hey, listen, amen. Hey, listen, you're on to something. Amen. Hey, listen, you, you are on to something when you realize that. 
But when things don't go right in this world and you take a nosedive, I'm just telling you, you're, you're not living as a pilgrim. You are living as a permanent resident of a world that is doomed. And, and you'll, never, you'll never find what you're looking for, amen? And the earnest of the Spirit, that is God the Holy Spirit, and His love and His mercy and His grace, He's urging you. That still small voice saying, listen, you don't need to learn how to live in this world. You need to learn how to die to this world. That's the earnest of the Spirit. Amen. I tell you what, that's, that's good stuff right there. I, I like that. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Because we know, you know, that within us, because of the, the work of God, the Holy Spirit, that there is certainly a fuller life beyond this one. As we said, there are a house whose, whose builder is God. Listen, God knows more about what's going to bring you peace and joy than you ever will. You think you might know. You, boy, if I could just get this, if I could just, hey, listen, you don't know. How many of us is a little longer in the tooth thought, boy, if I could just get that. And now that I got that, still the same old, same old, right? Hey, listen, you need to live as a, as a tent dweller. That there's a fuller life beyond this one. Amen to that. Sometimes we, as I said a while ago, we, we look at uh, those who die as being in the land of the dead. And I want to say again, that's not true. The life we are now in, that's the land of the dying. That's the land of the dead. We live in this land of the dead. And we're reminded of that each time we go to a funeral or pass by a graveyard or what have you. But in the land of the living, there are no graveyards. Amen. <laughs> there are none of the things that are needed to keep the physical life alive. You won't find any of those things in heaven. Because we have eternal life. We have a permanent home, a permanent dwelling. Praise the Lord. You know, even in this temporal life, as I get older, I've kind of always been like this, but I am kind of a homebody. You know, uh, I, I'm getting where I don't really like to go on a vacation. I mean, I just, I'm like, you know, I mean, I want my breakfast on the same plate. You know, it's just how I am, right? You know, I mean, there's, I want that coffee cup. That's the coffee cup I drink out of every morning, right? Um, this is where I sit. That's the window I like to look out of when I, you understand what I'm saying? And, uh, and uh, heaven, <laughs> I don't believe it's going to be routine at all. But there's just something about a permanent dwelling place. Amen. Amen. I'm looking forward to that. Aren't you? If you're not, you ought to be. If you're not looking forward to it, you just need to be saved today. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Do you know him as your Savior? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to go to heaven? If not, boy, I want to encourage you to come when the invitation is giving. Hey, listen, you need to understand that we're living in the land of the dead, but you can, be, you can have an existence someday in the land of the living that man can live after death, that is physical death. And that's really when we're really going to begin to live, folks. You understand what I'm saying? We, we don't even know what it is to really live yet. But if you're saved, there's going to come a time when you realize what it is to really live. And what a day, glorious day that's going to be.
If you need to be saved, you need to come and see me. I want to ask our pianist if she would come. Rest, ask the rest of us if we would to stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Just want to say a couple things as we get ready for the invitation. Are you living, believer? Are you living today as those that have eternal life? If not, are you letting some temporary letdowns in life rob you of the joy of heaven? I hope you're not. Maybe you just need to come and ask the Lord to help you. But most importantly, are you saved? If you don't have eternal life, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, right now is the time to come. God is calling. The Word of God, I believe, has been preached. God is speaking to hearts. We're going to ask uh, a word of prayer here. If you need to come and do business with the Lord this morning, I would hope and pray that you'd come and do so. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the blessings of life, your love, your mercy, your grace. Father, help us to understand this great truth that we've heard here today, Lord. Father, these are the types of things that I believe revival uh, is made out of. And I'm not talking about necessarily church-wide revival, but I'm talking about in our own personal life. Lord, I am so guilty of allowing this world to rob me, to con me uh, out of my joy and happiness that I have in Christ Father, help us to understand there's going to be those days when all we have is the promise of heaven. But you know what, Lord? That's all we need. So, Father, help us maybe to come today. Maybe our attitude, maybe our demeanor. Father, maybe we've just been struggling with some things. Maybe today we could just shed all that and cry out, I'm a child of the King, just over in glory land. I got a mansion just over the hilltop. Beulah land. Father, there's so many things we could think about that ought to bring joy and peace in our hearts tonight, no matter what we might be going through. Father, help us, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen.